If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook. Yes, good old Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand on Facebook as I give it my patented two thumbs up this morning. Wait, one, two, three thumbs. I guess that's three thumbs up. You can check on there that I do, in fact, have a face for radio. It's good to be here. Thanks for joining us. So... Busy, busy, busy week, busy, busy, busy day, as today we have the Inspector General's report that's slated to come out. We've got, uh, we've got uh, over this, uh, over the weekend, a tragic uh, shooting at the Naval Air Station in, uh, in Pensacola. And also have some sound bites from an interview uh, interview that Joe Biden had. Joe Biden had with Axios, which I love this stuff, by the way. These interviews with with Joe Biden. Um, of course, I I think on Friday we talked a little bit about corn pop, which arguably is my favorite story that Joe Biden has ever told. Corn pop, six foot pieces of chain. Yeah, it's like an American gladiator fight out in the parking lot back in 1962 outside the pool that Joe Biden was once lifeguard at. So we've got some sound bites about uh, Hunter Biden. Elizabeth Warren is now apparently going to be on Biden's list of vice presidential candidates, which undoubtedly will open up a, a can of worms there. Wait, why, why should she be his VP? Why can't he be her VP? I'm sure we'll have some of that going back and forth. In fact, Biden even says that. But I want to start. I want to start here with um, – I want to start with the IG report because I think, I think this is um, – I think this is an important thing to kind of understand – as far as what is going on in the political landscape. So the inspector general has been investigating, researching, just digging into what actually happened. We're going back in time now, back in time to 2016. And uh, uh, inspector general Michael Horowitz has been had been tasked with Deciding, determining what had actually happened in the 2016 campaign, 
as it pertained to investigation, uh, surveillance, spying, etc., on the Trump campaign. Right, 2016. We know, we know that the uh, federal government had sought and received a FISA warrant, Foreign and Intelligence Surveillance Act, a FISA court warrant to sir uh, to spy. Folks, I get my my intelligence is insulted, as yours should be as well. When folks act as though requesting a FISA warrant is not acting uh, is not trying to seek to spy on someone. It is the same stinking thing. A surveil an act of surveillance is of course it's it's synonymous. You can look these words up. They are synonymous with one another. Now they understand the media, the left, they understand those who are involved in the what the resistance as they say against President Trump. They understand the power of language. That's why they love 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 words like collusion. Oh, it sounds sounds really bad. It's not really descript. They just know that it conjures up all sorts of negative emotions, and it's like nailing jello to the wall. You can't really define what it is, but you know, or they want you to know, they want you to think that you know, that Trump is guilty of it because of a Pokemon Go ad, because of Vladimir Putin, right? Collusion. They colluded to steal the election from Hillary Clinton. Right? That was the that's where all this nonsense started. And so they love they love words like this. So they also understand that when we say, you know, surveillance kind of sounds well, that's, that sounds more, I don't know, um official. That sounds more appropriate. They're just watching somebody, meanwhile, spying. Spying has with this negative connotation that, that conjures up images of I don't know the Cold War for example right when Russian Soviet spies were well of course we still have this problem but Russian Soviet spies were were everywhere and trying to infiltrate all sorts of levels of government get information share information with leaders in the Soviet Union right use that information against the United States of America right we had spies as well Right, there were movies about spies. I mean, this is something that that resonates. But spying is 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 has a negative connotation, so they don't want that to be accepted. They, in fact, they bristle up really, really badly when you say that they were spying on the Trump administration uh, campaign. I keep saying administration, but it was before he was in office, so it was just a campaign. So the Trump campaign was being spied on. That is exactly, unequivocally, without question, what had happened. The question has always been whether or not it was legally justified, whether or not it was constitutionally valid. And so that's really what Michael Horowitz has been looking into. And that report is set to be released today. You know, and I've been, I've been asked, um, I've been asked during interviews and conversations, what, what, what do you expect from this? What can we expect to see from this? And I think I think there's going to be some things in here that are somewhat 
surprising. I think that a lot of people do not still, uh, I think, have enough healthy skepticism as to what their government is capable of doing. So I think that there will be some things, even if we've heard murmurs of these, these things before, even if we've heard hints and suggestions of these things before, it's going to be somewhat still surprising to, to read it, to hear about it. So I think there will, there will be a little of that. I think there will be also areas where this probably falls short of where many people think it, it should actually go. And in that regard, I think some people will be disappointed in this. And I think that we're going to find that essentially uh, the people who believe that what happened to the Trump campaign before the 2016 election, those people that think that that was horrific, awful, outside the bounds of our federal government scope and power, what they should be doing as it pertains to elections and campaigns, those folks are still going to feel completely as though uh, they have justification for feeling that way. And for those who uh, are nonchalant about this or don't care much, I think they're probably going to be comfortable staying in their particular lane as well, thinking that this was not as bad as had been promised. Of course, there's another investigation happening as well, one that actually, if you were, uh, believe reports, one that actually, um, it's the Durham Durham report, actually is dealing with criminal criminal inquiry. And, and the Horowitz report will likely, according to reports, maybe shed a little bit of light on that, on that particular aspect. But again, we're we're still at the on the front side of this. We're still we're we're still peeling back layers of the onion, if you will. And we're peeling the onion back, looking at just the degree at which uh, well, this this corruption, this outside of the you know actions that are outside of the rules and, and bounds of the Constitution, the rule of law, it's still it's still astonishing. I think, I think, because look, we're we're raised uh, to to hear how our country is supposed to function, how it was designed to work. We're raised, we're taught about this. Now today, I don't know if that's true today. Kids are taught to hate the United States of America, the fun, the foundations upon which she was built and so forth. But I was taught, you were probably taught the same, probably stood up and did the Pledge of Allegiance even during class. You may have even been in a class where someone even uttered a prayer somewhere, which was, of course, completely reprehensible to some uh, on the, the radical left and so forth. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you have a respect and admiration for your country. And so this still doesn't completely add up on some level, I would say. Even if you understand that there are people out there with bad intentions, just to see the the level of corruption is still, I think, is still astonishing. I do. I think that the level is astonishing, even if you know that there is corruption. And so that report today is going to be released. And of course, we don't know exactly what we're going to find out. But we do know that this battle, this battle to defend uh, this nation, this battle to drain the swamp, this battle that we're waging, some would say, against the deep state, is still in its relative infancy, folks. I mean, this stuff didn't happen overnight. The levels of corruption, 
the levels of abuse. Reports already suggest and indicate that some of the documentation that was used to apply for said FISA uh, warrant on Carter Page was fabricated. Fabricated. So literally the government, a representative of the government, I'm sure that's how that's possibly how this will be spun. This is one individual that's, you know, this doesn't represent the whole sort of thing. But but there have been documents that have been fabricated and made up to some degree. We're going to find out a little bit about that when this report is released today. And I just, look, the, this this is not going away. Back in 2016, I remember telling folks on this program, for those of you, or for those of you, or for those of you who know, people who have said these things, which was, I can't wait until the 2016 election is over because I want to get back to my my normal life, right? I want to see this tension in America subside, go away. We are nowhere near that. We have two diametrically po- opposed ideologies at well, at war with one another, right? A metaphorical war, an ideological civil war happening in this country. And some of those, some of those folks are embedded in our government and are prepared to to use whatever means and tools necessary to prevent one of the ideologies from effectively governing. We've seen that. We've seen multiple pieces of evidence of that and then when they're when they're caught they they kind of shrug it off and say what are you talking about you're exaggerating the degree of the problem and then of course they do what they always do which is say you're actually the ones you're actually the ones who are corrupting our government trump is the one who is unconstitutional in his behavior trump is the one who is shredding the constitution meanwhile we look at what's happened in the past decades to our constitution quietly Quietly, because the media didn't make a fuss, right? The media was content. The Democrat Party was content. The Republican Party, in some degree, was content. And we watched as the document, as our founding principles, as our foundations uh, crumble around us. We, we, we watch this happen, and we see the results. And it has awakened many people. But it's still astonishing, I think, to many folks to see the level and the depth of the corruption here. And I'm getting signaled here that not just is it time to take a timeout, it is past time to take a timeout. And I need to take a timeout here really quickly when we get back. A few more words about this. Also want to get into this interview with Joe Biden, play a few sound bites from that interview and um, some other things in the news as well. And I do want to speak uh, a little bit about uh, this tragic, what appears to be a terrorist shooting in in Florida at the Naval Air Station. We'll get to all these things as the program unfolds. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. trying to sell your home. I know that for some, the traditional wisdom is that this is not the best time to try to sell your home. In the winter, normally people advise you to to wait until the summer. At least this is what people, this is what a lot of people think. 
It's what a lot of people think, but real estate is still hot here in central Indiana. And so maybe you've tried to sell it on your own. Maybe you've tried another realtor. Maybe you're trying to review your options. Could be a great time uh, because a lot of people are thinking of waiting until the spring to go ahead and relisting your home. And if you do that, I consider or ask that you consider uh, the the folks at Scott Smith team. Scott and his team uh, are amongst the best real estate office in central Indiana, and they will guarantee guarantee that your home will uh, sell or they will buy it themselves. So they eliminate the risk and they mitigate uh, any risk factors that may be going into selling your home. So if you're considering that, maybe you've tried to sell it on, on your own or another realtor, whatever the case may be, consider checking out the folks at Scott Smith, scottsmithrealty.com. For more information, be sure to tell them that Todd sent you. So I've been talking about the deep state, been talking about the inspector general's report here this morning, which is uh, which is slated to be released today. And so, again, I think a lot of a lot of folks, you know, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me to watch how things how things have played out. It's interesting to me. In fact, we'll get to to these to, to this Biden interview with Axios here in just a bit. And you look at their their reactions, right? You look at the way that they, I don't know, the, the, the way that they talk about, def, you know, defend themselves against allegations and charges and so forth. And it's just it's interesting to watch to watch how this this whole thing shapes up because what we've had in this country for a long time, what we've had for a long time is the growth of the bureaucratic state. This is undeniable, by the way, absolutely undeniable. The bureaucratic state has grown massively. With the growth of the bureaucratic state comes increased power. With the growth of the bureaucratic state and the increased power comes loss of liberty. And what, what's interesting to me is, is that this has been happening all around us, and many folks have been candidly asleep at the wheel for whatever reason. For whatever reason, maybe the media didn't get them fired up enough. Maybe they've been busy leading their own lives. In fact, I've I've got folks that have told me some more seasoned citizens who have told me, "Look, you know, when I was raising a family, I wasn't following it as closely as I should have been. You know, I was busy. I was working. I was taking care of my kids. We were going to sporting events, whatever it was." And I was busy. And I think that that's a common, I don't know, a, a common way that, that people live their lives. And there's parts and there, there's portions of time that people put things kind of on, on autopilot. The problem is with the type of government that we have and the nature of government to grow and the nature of others, especially those who, I mean, think about it. For someone to tell you that their career, their career is, their career path will be the path of government. I mean, on one level, that should be problematic for all of us to hear someone, someone say that. I don't want to say, look, I understand some folks want to go to fix it. I get that. But to say that your career, your career is in government, that's just not something the founders, the founders would have accepted. That's not something the founders would have really admired. 
The founders believed that people should live their lives. The founders believed that the people that are in government should actually be, you know, running their own businesses or their farms or whatever it was. And then they would meet during specific seasons, uh, specific time frames to, to govern and to legislate. That's what they thought. That's the way they looked at this. And then once the session ended, you went back. You went back and you lived in the place that you represented. You did the work that you normally did, right? And that's kind of the idea of having this representative republic. You represent the people that live near you, around you. And now that's not what we've got. That's not what we've got in this country. And the problems that we face from a constitutional perspective are not those that have been unleashed upon us by the Trump administration. That's what they want you to think. That's what they want you to think. They want you to think everything was run, was just humming along hunky-dory apple pie. Everything was running fine. Everything was going just as planned. And then pre- President Donald Trump came to the scenes, and he only got on the scenes because he stole the election with the help of Vladimir Putin, Pokemon Go, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, stole the election, and as a result, he's now shredding our Constitution. That's what last week's impeachment proceeding was really meant to to illustrate. In fact, there's one of these uh, liberal professor jokers that's since written about impeachment and how the founders were uh, – what was the word he used? Not infatuated, but basically that sort of thing. We're completely just fascinated with, focused on – intent on this concept of of impeachment. Not that it wasn't important. Of course it was important, but he makes it sound as though the founders were almost looking daily for reasons to to impeach a, a sitting president. Of course, that's not the case either. The the truth is the truth is the founders didn't ever want to have a government in which someone would be impeached. Of course they gave them tools by which to do that because it's necessary to hold uh, people in positions of power in check, of course. They didn't long for that. They didn't hope that would happen. In fact, they thought that giving – they had hoped, I would say, that, that giving the legislative branch the power to impeach, that that would actually keep in check some of the desires for the executive branch to go outside the bounds of its power. That's one of the basic kind of premises. It was designed to be as as preemptive as anything, but if things is simply – continue to go down that path, <clears throat> excuse me, of abuse of power or high crimes and misdemeanors, then Congress had the option to do something about it. And so we're supposed to believe, they want us to believe that all this stuff, all this stuff just happened suddenly in the past, in the past, what, three years or whatever it's been now. And the truth is this has been happening for a long, long time been happening at lots of levels and lots of places and state governments, local governments and courts and previous administrations and they act as though the first time this has ever ever happened in modern history is when Donald J Trump walked into the White House and I'm folks that is unequivocally false. I mean we've we've even compared we've compared and contrasted Benghazi with this. What what it looks like to have an actual cover up what it looks like to have an actual uh, scandal, what the anatomy of a scandal, if you will. We've compared these things. 
And when you have to have three experts come before a congressional committee to explain why the president of the United States does in fact need to be impeached, I think by virtue of doing that, you've already kind of shown us that this is not something that's commonly understood. You want us to believe, the left wants us to believe, every negative thing we can about the president. If there's two ways of interpreting something, you're supposed to assume that it's the worst interpretation that you're supposed to apply to President Trump. They have some sort of convoluted system of steps by uh, by which President Trump you know, took actions that were warranted uh, to be impeached, or he was warranted to be impeached for those actions. And you still can't have the average person on the street explain this to you. They'll, oh, they'll say that President Trump is corrupt, that President Trump is seeking the influence of a foreign power, that President Trump is a puppet of Vladimir Putin. They'll say all these things. They'll say all these things. But when it comes down to actually describing what he did that warrants impeachment, they'll give you talking points, but there's no substance. Folks, I'm just there's nothing here. This is a, this is a strategy. This is a tactic. I still think when they close the doors at their meetings, there's a period of time that they chuckle with one another. <laughs> how in the world? How in the world have we gotten this far with this? We got we got Russian collusion talk. We've had that talk for basically three years now. Now we've expanded this to Russian collusion 2.0. Now we're into Ukraine. Now we're talking about corruption with Ukraine, even though the previous vice president has a huge Ukraine problem. We don't even have to acknowledge that. They're slapping their knees. They're belly laughing behind closed doors. Nancy Pelosi pretends like she doesn't want to impeach the president, tells us she's you know, she's praying for him. She's just so, so saddened. Oh, my gosh, she's so saddened that they actually have to impeach this president. I mean, she's on the she's on the verge of tears, right? And then some reporter says, well, do you hate the president? Oh, boy. Watch out for the wrath of Speaker Pelosi after that. That doesn't fit the narrative. She's up there crying. She's up there really saddened and heartbroken about this idea that she's going to have to impeach President Trump. And now we've got reports that they've been drafting the articles of impeachment over the weekend. So we'll see where that goes. Impeachment vote is, of course, uh, imminent now. Some even saying, I think I saw maybe even this week. But who knows? Who knows? Again, what matters for the left is what is most politically beneficial. And if they determine that having that vote this week is the most politically advantageous thing they can do, then you can bet that that's what they'll do. If they need to delay for some reason because delay is the most politically advantageous thing they can do in this particular instance, and you can bet your bottom dollar that they will delay. You can also bet your bottom dollar here that I'm going to take a timeout. When we get back, I want to shift gears, talk a little bit about Joe Biden and this interview with Axios. <laughs> this to me. This to me. I... I don't know. There, there, there's so much here in, in, in this particular interview, especially as it pertains to what he says about Hunter Biden and Ukraine and that sort of thing. But I've got to take a time out. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. So 
I shared before the break that I wanted to share a little bit of this interview that Joe Biden had with Axios. Um, I want to in particular play this particular, the specific exchange that Joe Biden had um, pertaining to his son, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, and all that's going on with, with Ukraine. I just want you to listen to this. And I want you to ask yourself, is this how you would handle this? Is this how you would talk about this? Is this how you would, I guess, laugh about this? Just It's, it's just awkward. It doesn't come across as sincere or genuine or any of those things. I want you to hear this exchange that Hunter Biden, excuse me, that Joe Biden had speaking about Hunter Biden uh, with a reporter from Axios. Here you go. On your son, Hunter Biden, uh, President Trump says... Sweepy Joe has real problems. Reminds me of Crooked Hillary and her 33,000 deleted emails. A lot of the Ukraine charges about you have been debunked and more unfair. There's one thing that a lot of Democrats even do wonder about, and that is Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like, when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down some guardrails? Unless there was something that was, there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. So, look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on, this is. So, <laughs> these so, guys are amazing. So, you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know, there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that, but you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do, but I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Last one on this. Uh, Say you're elected, you're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't uh, do anything to trade on the family name? They will not be engaged in any foreign business because of what's happened in this administration. No one's going to be seeking patents for things from China. No one's going to be engaged in that kind of thing. So no foreign business for your relatives in office. All right, so there you go. Now, a couple of things about this. Actually, a couple of things after the break, because I just looked up and I'm getting notified here, notified here behind the scenes that it is time to take a break. But I got some thoughts about this. And by the way, I'm going to post this on Facebook You need to watch because one of the laughs that Joe Biden has during this interview, you can't hear it. It's almost it's it's really inaudible. But he uh, he he kind of pulls his head back and is is almost silently chuckling, or at least wanting to give off the appearance that he's chuckling. And it's I don't know. This to me is is this is this actually if he wouldn't have answered questions about this, I would have felt. 
less bothered than actually hearing the answer and seeing seeing the response here. I just there's something here. The the more that that, that we see about this, the more that I watch his reactions to this, the more I listen to how he feigns outrage. He says to the reporter, you guys are amazing, as though he's facing serious media criticism and questioning about this. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. We're told constantly. We're told constantly that he's not done anything wrong. In fact, this guy even said that. It's, you've been treated unfairly, and many of these things have been debunked. Well, tell us what's been debunked instead of just telling us it's been debunked. How about that? How about you explain it to us? How about just tell us tell us how you insiders know so much more than the rest of us anyway. I can't say all this stuff right now. It's time to take a break. We'll get back into this when we return. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Yes, yes, says the reporter. You can, In this video, which again, I'm going to post to Facebook. I haven't done that yet. But when I do that, and if you get a chance to watch this, just watch the reporter. The reporter is as nervous as can be to ask Joe, Joe these questions. He keeps referencing his notes, even when he doesn't need to reference his notes. I understand at some point having to reference notes. But I don't, under, I don't understand the... I don't know, the amount of time it takes him, the amount of glances down when Joe Biden is, is staring him down. Probably the same look that Joe Biden gave Corn Pop back in the day, 1962, with a six-foot piece of chain ready to go all-American gladiator on Corn Pop as Corn Pop and his, and his boys were out there nicking up their straight razors on the sidewalk edge, soaking their razor blades in buckets of water to get them all rusty to transmit tetanus to Joe Biden. Yes, real story, by the way. Real story. That Joe, it's a real story that Joe tells us is a real story. I, I can't speak about anything else. This sounds more made up than a Hollywood scene, but nonetheless, sometimes truth is, in fact, stranger than fiction. But this reporter, terrified to ask about this, finally spits the words out, and he tells Joe, look, a lot of this stuff has been debunked, and it's unfair. Pause. Pause, pause, pause. Tell us. Pray tell. Tell us what has been Debunked. See, that's part of the problem. If you want to get down right down to to the brass tacks, as Joe would say, let's get down to brass tacks, man. (laughs) The truth is, the truth is you haven't debunked anything because you haven't shown any bit of journalistic curiosity whatsoever. Look, and maybe these things are innocent. Fine. But the idea, the idea that Joe tells us, he's not, he didn't think a thing about this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. That's really the message is, I don't know, I don't care, I trust my son, and nothing on its face was wrong. What do you mean nothing on its face was wrong? You're not curious when your son gets a position in a place where you are dealing with its foreign government leaders? You're not fishy, or you're not, you're not concerned, nothing looks fishy to say that my son, who has no experience in one particular industry, when there's a board of that's comprised of, I believe it's five people, my son, an American, was just randomly chosen because he's better than every other person on the face of the earth? What do you mean there's nothing looks fishy here? Come on, man. That is not a genuine response. There's no curiosity here, folks, because 
There's no interest in this being a story. That's what it is. Now, Joe could say, look, the reason I'm not curious is because this never came up with Ukraine. They didn't, you know, I I didn't have anything to do with setting this up. So it has nothing to do with me. Okay, I guess I would listen to that to a point. But what I don't listen to is everything looks hunky-dory apple pie. Everything looks above board. There's nothing here that can be misconstrued, misinterpreted. Of course, there's things that can be misinterpreted, misconstrued. You know, I've, I've served as a school board member, and there's, there are instances where there might, be, there might come something across the agenda that you vote on, and it might, in a small town, there might be something on that agenda where you have another interest, and you're supposed to disclose this. Right? I have conflict of interest. Conflict of interest. Even if there's no, even if it has no bearing on your decision, you're supposed to at least acknowledge that there is a conflict of interest. Joe doesn't even see it. He doesn't see it whatsoever. There's nothing to see here. There's no curiosity that needs to be explored here. And by the way, journalists at Axios, if there are things that have been debunked, if there are ways that Joe Biden has been treated unfairly, which that's not true by the media. Joe Biden has, is, has been treated more than fairly. Joe Biden's faux pas, Joe Biden's uh, creepy behavior, Joe Biden's slips of the tongue, all that stuff has been protected as much as possible. Any Republican candidate with this kind of baggage and this kind of behavior would not even be have the the, the possibility of winning the nomination. Anyway... A lot more to say about this, but the time disagrees, telling me it's time to to wrap up up here and take uh, another time out. So I've got to do that here to keep us on track. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Just have uh, a little bit of time here left this morning. And one other thing that I promised I would get to, and I had, had intended, I had intended on speaking more about this uh, than I've given myself time for here this morning. We'll again avoid some of these issues once we <clears throat> move to a second, a second hour. But I wanted to speak briefly now. Um, again, I wanted to speak longer, but briefly on this uh, this shooting that took place in Florida at the Naval Air Station, Pensacola, over over the weekend. And I wanted to just uh, share a couple of words. Number one, we do know uh, that, this, uh, that this shooting had taken place when a, a Saudi uh, military, um, a, a person that was in the so- uh, Saudi what Air Force, I believe, was attending some sort of a class uh, on, on the base on the, at the uh, Naval Air Station with – other Americans, he carried a gun in and he shot and killed uh, three sailors and wounded eight others. That's the reports that I'm reading, eight others uh, during the shooting. And of course, there's lots of questions that come from this. First and foremost, um, this this sort of thing, we have to do whatever we can to, to prevent this, even if that means temporarily suspending programs. We have to treat this, uh, you know, look at all aspects, including, of course, the terrorism aspect which some don't want to get into for whatever reasons but tragic 
situation. This needs to be looked at and investigated, but I've got to wrap up. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. 